How's it going, everyone? Dylan here with Ruminations of a Fighting Lion. It's been... Oh, gosh. My last episode was March 29th. So, April, May, June. Mid-June now. So, about two and a half months. It's taken me some time to get back into the positive headspace of recording episodes again. I've been struggling. in terms of positive mental health, in terms of work, of self-development, of growth in general. So things, you know, didn't, yeah, last episode was talking about how things probably weren't going to work out and they didn't and that was a that was a bigger blow to my ego than I I thought it would have been and I let it reinforce negative thinking patterns that I shouldn't have I got caught in not in denial or or anything like that but just really self deprecatory thought patterns for quite a while And, you know, people who say guys don't process breakups emotionally are an idiots. But it definitely put me in that I'm not good enough mindset. And I'll never be good enough, so why try? You know, I'm not deserving of love, of compassion, of someone's companionship, which is completely false on all accounts. And I know that logically, but... Knowing something logically and feeling it emotionally are two very, very different things. And since humans are more prone to being emotional creatures as opposed to logical, then this is one of those situations. <sighs> Sorry, I'm a little bit tired. Where, you know, the emotions definitely beat out the logic. 
also come to recognize that there are still some pretty significant trapped emotions and feelings that I harbor towards past experiences and people that I haven't quite been able to deal with as I, as I sh need to. Um, you know, working with my therapist, if come to realize that my negative association with the town of Abilene isn't necessarily just the town, but everything that I went through back in high school. And it wasn't just in Abilene. I mean, I went to so many different high schools, transfers to the each time. I was uprooted every time, which is why I really don't have any stable f friendships or relationships in my life. I'm rather a loner now, actually. Um, making friends isn't hard, but it's... I don't know. Um, but there's a lot of You know, as those as those gurus say, you know, limiting beliefs, whether or not you actually believe in a limiting belief or the existence of one, you know, it's is up for debate, but it's having experienced what I did and especially with my grandfather. And the results of the abuse that occurred. Um, for years, it constantly reinforced that I was never good enough. I was not good enough. What I did was not good enough. What I was was not good enough. You mowed the lawn, well, you did a piss-poor job, Dylan, do it again. There's a week where I mowed it four times in one week. You painted the fence, well, it's a shit job, Dylan, you need to do better. I'm inside the house, oh, Dylan, get off my couch, go to your room. If you're sick, go to your bedroom. It was every day for a number of years. And I thought that closure had occurred on my end. And I know that there were things that he did to, I believe, try and seek forgiveness for what he did. I mean, he helped me buy two cars, essentially, of which I'm eternally grateful. I'm still driving one of them now, even after his death. The other one, you know, I would still be driving, but it was totaled back in 2019. But, um, the most recent meeting with my therapist kind of brought some stuff to light. And it was 
that I never had the closure with him that I think I needed. And he asked me, well, if you could have a conversation with him right now about these things, what do you think he would say? And I said, well, there's two different people. There's the one of 10 years ago. And there's the most recent one I saw before he passed. And I didn't realize that I wanted to have a conversation with him about that or that I needed to because I, I didn't, I was afraid to talk to the man. Because I never knew what would make him upset. Which is why I withdrew so much in high school. I just, I just stayed away from him. I was either in my room playing video games or I was with my girlfriend at her house because I couldn't stand being at home because it was such a miserable experience. You know, my little brother told me that he was suicidal at that time as well. And so it wasn't just the impact on me, it was the impact on him, but I was also, I was stupid and irresponsible as an older brother, and I did some things that I shouldn't have. And I caused a lot of problems for him in his life as well, that he's still dealing with, and that I didn't know, because in all honesty, so much of Abilene is is repressed. I was I was talking to my ex just actually just the other day and she asked if I remembered something from Abilene and I said no, I honestly don't. I couldn't. I didn't remember. There's a mental and emotional block. I remember flashes of things um some of the better parts, some of the worst parts. Some of the really bad parts. But in general, you know, I was on a cocktail of medications and I was a, I was a zombie. But back to what my therapist said is if I could have a conversation with him today, what would I say? And what would his response be? And I genuinely don't know. I mean, yeah, I would, I would tell him, you know, I'd have the obligatory Grandpa, there were things that you said and that you did that hurt me. 
And as a result, it's caused a pretty severe schism in my psyche and mental health that has resulted in me feeling inadequate in almost all areas of my life because it was never good enough. I was never good enough. The things I did was never good enough. And because of what you did, I've allowed it to boil over into all aspects of my life and relationships and, and friendships and work and school. Why try when I will never be good enough? I honestly don't know if even if he apologized, it would have made any difference. It probably would, but I... I don't know. And there are those out there who would say, yeah, well, Dylan, you should just man up. Just quit being a bitch. There are aspects of truth to that, but this is now ingrained so deeply into who and what I am that it controls so many facets and aspects of my life that it's not something that I can just give up, let go, or stop. Because I don't know how. He was the crux of the majority of the sh of what happened in Abilene, but it was also a lot of other situational factors. It was my school. People I went to school with were pricks. I hated the majority of them. The rednecks were the worst. It's just it's a rough time. <sighs> but I don't know. What he would have said. Honestly. I think he would have said that it was time for me to grow up. And then he would give me a spiel about how he was abused as a child as well. And that 
And he was. I mean, his life was awful in comparison to mine. Mine was a cakewalk. I mean, you know, his, his mother died. His father was an alcoholic. They kicked him out when he was like like eight years old or something. He went to live, live with his aunt and uncle who pretended he didn't exist until he was 14. Didn't get him Christmas gifts, birthday gifts. Didn't do anything. He left when he was 14 and hitched a ride on a train and didn't look back. And he became, you know, he, he was a self-made man. I don't know, maybe I am too soft, which is a definite possibility, but I don't, I don't know how to harden myself to overcome something like this. I don't know how to confront it. Tips would be appreciated. <laughs> but again, he was so unpredictable. You never knew what was going to make him mad or set him off. And so I, I don't, I don't know what he would say. And every time I think about it, and the more I think about it, just I. It takes me back to a place that I don't want to be, and that I don't want to go. But it's something that I need to do in order to process what I need to process. I'm still not entirely sure what that is, though. <laughs> I mean, one of them is the, the ingrained belief that I'm not good enough, which is a complete, total farce, but I know that again, but feeling it is a different matter entirely. And I think a part of me is... desperate to find a companion because if I were to do that then I I would be enough I would be able to provide value to them I would be able to provide a positive meaning and existence to someone else and and the fact that I need validation from external sources is something that's I, I despise about myself but If I could just get someone to love me. And, you know, I think I, as, 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 as narcissistic and as selfish as, as that sounds, it's incredibly so. But if someone could love me for me. And could make me feel that I was good enough, that I was deserving of love, that I was deserving of companionship, of their time, and of their words and their touch. That it would fix everything, right? <laughs> 
that I would be able to heal. That's terrible because I can't I can't rely on someone else to fix me like that. And I I I would never put that on someone to to do. It's not their responsibility to make me happy. Well, maybe happy isn't the wrong term, but just, I don't know, satisfied, content, fulfilled, I don't know. Some semblance of happiness. Because right now I'm not at all. I have to do the work on myself. Before I can let someone else really know the deepest parts of me. The insecurities, the fears, the anger, the hatred, and the self-loathing, and the resentment. Because every time I try and show someone that, they run away. Which is also another reason as to why I... Honestly, you don't even have to love me. I just want somebody to accept me for who I am. And say, Dylan, it's okay. Because I can tell myself it, but I don't believe it. I can't. I don't know how. Did you know that June is Men's Mental Health Month, along with Pride Month? Most people don't know that. Of course, now we pretty much have a month and a, a day or a week for, hell, everything anymore, so what days are actually special, but... The number one reason I do this podcast is not to wallow in my self-pity, because I do enough of that. 
or to degrade myself in front of others so that they can have some semblance of joy and think that it's not as bad, their life isn't bad. But for the hope that if someone out there in the world is experiencing something similar, that they're not the only one in this world of increasingly isolated societies where people are separating themselves further and further from each other and segregating themselves. And continuous participation in disharmony between people. It's only going to make things worse. And things are only going to get worse before they get better. Frankly, the only two things that are keeping me on this earth are my family and my faith. And my daughter, but obviously she's included in my family. She's like the number one thing, right? The smile she gets on her face when she sees me. It's, it's incredible. And it's... It's one of those things worth living for. Even if now in the summer I only get to see her once every two weeks. But she is the reason I'm still going. And I have to remember that. And I do remember that. Because it's one of the few things keeping me sane. It's my love for that little girl. how important she is to me. And how one day I hope that she understands how much I truly want to be her father. I think she does, but <laughs> I'm sorry. We still haven't also sold the house, so <laughs> we're still dealing with the stress of that of potential foreclosure. So, you know, life. But just so that my daughter knows that I would never abandon her. I couldn't. <laughs> She is my everything.
I don't know. Maybe in making this episode, I've kind of thought out what my homework would have been from my therapist, and that was, you know, to have a conversation with my grandfather to let him know the the pain that he has caused in my life. Not even to do it in spite, but just to provide some semblance of closure or, or something. I don't even know if that's the, the term that I could apply to it. What would he say if I told him? The answer is I genuinely don't know which personality. One from 10 years ago or the most recent one, I just, I don't. Some people would say, oh, well, he would have told me to apologize and platitudes would be there. And I'd, I just don't genuinely know because I never knew. I mean, on the bright side, I'm, I'm a very empathetic person as a result of the abuse, so I know uh, in a room which person is the biggest risk. <laughs> because I've learned to catch on and read people really well as a result of it. But that's a trauma response. So, nice. You love to see it. I'm slowly finding my purpose again. Started reading again. Developing myself. Not sticking to the same habits of non-productivity that I engage in. Just bit by bit. By small percentages at a time. Make yourself better over a period of time and things will compound. So I hope you'll hear more from me in the coming weeks. I need to go back to recording every other week at the bare minimum. I want this podcast to succeed. I want to inspire people. Or if not inspire them, then just provide them with A feeling of, I don't know, camaraderie, of fellowship, of a man willing to express his vulnerabilities on a public stage. Willing to take the slings and arrows of outrageous misfortune. Because I think it's the right thing to do in this world. Especially right now.
and as a result of sharing those vulnerabilities, he becomes stronger in and of himself. He becomes a pillar in his family, in his, in his community, in his work. And to those who depend on him, he becomes a rock, the foundation, a keystone that others can build around and that they all build themselves up. Brick by brick. I think that's all I've got for today, guys. And gals. And persons. I love you all. I wish all of you a good night. A good morrow. A good rest of the month of June. And I hope to talk to you soon.